Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. Once again, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is your host, Isaac, and I want to welcome everybody to season two of The Den. We have a very incredible guest with us tonight. His name is Mr. Robert Kittridge, and his philosophy and what he does is that he transforms human behavior in alignment with their truth. That's powerful. So without further ado, we're going to get right to it. And here we go. How you doing, Robert? Hello, Isaac. I am magnificent tonight. I'm excited to be here with you. I am so excited to have you on our show. You know, our post-conversation was so powerful. I, I just didn't want to waste any more time. So could you tell our audience exactly what do you do? Well, that's, um, so my life's purpose, my life's purpose is to transform the way human beings behave. That's my life's purpose. See, I believe in a world where human beings are empowered to make choices and decisions from their inner knowing, free from the shoulds of life or conditioning. And so how I do that is using a modality called human design. And then I help my clients transform their behavior so they're either in, well, hopefully in alignment with that design. Behavior is always um, one of the biggest, biggest obstacles as human beings that we have to overcome. Because as you know, doing the work that you do, when we're talking with our clients, they be, some of the behavior becomes so comfortable because mm -hmm. they've been used to being that way or who they are for so long, right? Mm -hmm. It really can become challenging. So I want you to tell our audience, like, how do you go about by just making your clients comfortable and help and allowing them with the alliance to what you believe start processing that negative behavior? Okay, so Isaac, I want to lay some foundations here, right? Is one of the things, um, mm, so one of my beliefs is that we are perfect. I mean, if you're spiritual you, and you believe in we were created in the image of God, source, spirit, universe, whatever you call it, that energy, that source, that God can only create perfectly. So we are a perfect creation. Now, our behavior may not be, but we are. And one of the things that I found society has done is squish that together. Let's look at your line of work, right? When you're working in your line of work, people look at the people you work with and say they're bad. Exactly. No, they're not. Their behavior has been. Then the second piece that I use with my clients is the suspension of good and bad. 
So again, we're not created to judge. We're taught to judge. We're not created to be racist. We're taught to be racist. We're not created. We're created beautifully. But then we're conditioned away from that perfection. And that conditioning comes from family, you know, friends, community, school, church. And again, all of them are doing the best they've known how. But it may not be effective for you. And that's instead of good and bad, I look at behavior and everything really through effective or ineffective. So when I'm looking at, quote, transforming people's behavior, I look at their design. It's a modality called human design. And then I listen to their behavior and say, okay, so the choices you've made, which typically many people are in victim mode, I didn't make it, they made me do it, right? You've heard that a couple times, right? Is when we realize that we're making those choices a lot of times through what I call other than conscious. It's not unconscious because, I mean, it's, it's a form of consciousness, but it's not our conscious. But yet for the most part, for most people, those, that unconscious state drives our behavior, even though we know better. You know, the that, one, you know that's, that's, that's a point well taken because, you know, just like I said, we're pretty much in the same kind of um, line of work. And I, t I tell my, my clients, many of them, I said, you know what you do, so you know better. I say, however, that decision moment, and you were just talking about that, that decision moment comes out of an area in your life that you're lacking or something's mm -hmm. missing, mm -hmm. that you continue to make the same decisions and end up with the same results coming back and forth in these four walls. And then when you get here, you realize that once again, I need to change. So you're talking about this, this behavior change and these cycles that your clients and my clients go through. And what I want to ask you is when, when you, be, when you begin to do the work that you do, and your clients get to a point where they really feel like they have the power to make the decision based on them knowing what's right and wrong. How do you navigate that? Yeah, man, Isaac, I love your questions, brother. This is awesome. Um, so let me give you an analogy and then I'll kind of move into that, right? I, I kind of look at myself and I spent many years in the being an auto mechanic. And then I spent over 30 years being a firefighter. And as an auto mechanic, what I, and what I find really interesting as I look back on it is I specialized in auto alignment. So <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Funny. It, you, universe has a wild way of playing jokes, right? Yes, it so does. When your car is out of alignment, it pulls to the left or it wobbles or it wanders or the steering wheel's crooked. You take it in to a mechanic they put it up on a rack, they look at it, they see where that is. So I equate that to the vehicle, which is your body, your, your life is that car. And then they'll go over and they'll open the spec book, the owner's manual, to see how it is in or out of alignment. So that's exactly what I do. I listen to you, listen to your stories, and they're all stories. Some are great, some aren't, some are effective, some aren't. Um, most of them have attachment to conditioning, 
and then I create through through a system I have, and it's not my system. It's it, it's it was created in the '80s that creates your human design chart. I call it your owner's manual. And then we just look at it and say, okay, here's this, here's this. Where are we out of alignment? And what this does to you, and in, in, in each of the there's four types of designs. Each type has a strategy and authority. So for me, my type is that of a generator. I'm a builder of the world. I'm a worker. But my strategy is wait to respond. So I'm, I'm designed to wait to respond. Now, my authority is actually through my defined solar plex when I make a correct decision through my emotional knowing, not my intelligent knowing. And see, this is where I think we make a mistake in a lot of worlds, school and a lot, is we try to teach them something intellectually. Well, you knew better. Yes, but inside, they're not using the body intelligence that they're designed to use. They're using the mind, or worse yet, the conditioning that keeps driving them, i.e., to do the same thing over and over. Right? Einstein called that insanity. I know what that sounds and looks like, most definitely. Absolutely. So that's what I do. And then we just have a conversation. And that conversation entails, where are you in at? Where are you out? What's each? And there's 64 gates in our design. There's nine defined centers. There's, there's gates. There's channels. And it's really just an energy map of you. It's how you take in energy. It's how you flow energy. And it's how you release energy back out into the world. You know, prior to coming on, we, we, we had a um, conversation about you didn't really look at yourself as being a teacher. Mm-hmm. You really looked at yourself as being a transmitter. And I thought that was powerful. So could you tell our, our audience, our guests, um, the reason for that? Because, you know, teachers, we like to give information and we feel like, you know, the information that we give our clients can guide them to the place that they that they want to be. However, we know a transmitter has a lot to do with most of the internal work that we have to do. So could you share a little bit of your thoughts on that? Absolutely. Oh, man, Isaac, you are making my day, just so you know, brother. Um, so here's how I look at it. There's three things, teaching, mentoring, and coaching. I look at those as three modalities. Teaching is typically, like you said, I've got the information, Isaac, sit down and let me give it to you. And you need to learn this. It's typically a one-way, one-way information slide, right? I'm giving it to you and you go, you go take it. Mentoring is typically, I've got information and experience. Let me sit down with you and help you move down almost like as a guide. But it's still giving you information on what you need to, should to, have to do. Coaching, and this is, and, and I, I guess I have a kind of have, I don't like the word coaching and for a bunch of different reasons, but coaching is somebody that listens to you, asks great questions, so you dig inside for the answer that's yours. M- many, not most, many coaches out there typically are in the teaching realm. They've got a content, they have a program, they try to take that box and they fit it over you. For some it works, for some it doesn't. 
So what I do as a transmitter, I combine all three of those. I teach some, I mentor some, and then in some ways I coach, and that's where I spend the majority of my time is in that realm. Because again, the kingdom lies within. You have all the answers you need. You're created whole and perfect. We good? We good. Keep it going. Yeah, there's some interference there. I was just checking. There's noise on your end, so I was just checking. So as a transmitter, I've got education. I've got knowledge. I've got experience. And I've got the, the coaching ability to work with you to align you with your design. Or not. And that's, that's the piece of it is I'm not attached to the outcome of my clients, not my responsibility to have them successful, not my responsibility to have them accomplish something. That's not my responsibility. What I'm responsible to them for is to be there and hold space for their transformation. That's my responsibility. So how do you go about not being attached? Because sometimes that's very, can be very difficult when we're dealing with a certain type of client. Because yeah. we feel like with being a mentor, a coach, and a teacher, we have enough information. I'm going to call it information along with education and knowledge that we feel like we can really get them to a point where they can begin to start adjusting and transform their life into the person that they need to be. So what's that? How do you, how do you manage that? <laughs> um yeah. Um, so first and foremost, for me, it's it's and this came before understanding my design and I understand it more now. But one of the things I talk about or teach is the concept of responsibility. So society teaches that we're responsibility. We're responsible for. Like in my job, you paid me money, so I'm responsible for your success. I'm not. What I'm responsible to you is to be there the best I can be, hold space for you to be the best you can be. You then take that information and the responsibility then is transferred to you to put it into action. If you don't, not my, not that's you. Now I'm going to be here to, to help you and guide you and assist you. But there comes a point also, and this is why for me, I'm really clear up front on, on, an agreement. First and foremost, I don't, I don't offer refunds. So <laughs> once you pay me, once you pay me, that's it. Because here's what I found. This is not easy. People start digging in and they get scared. The conditioning comes back. They, they want to quit and which is okay. I'm not okay. But the first thing they want is their money back. Don't give it. So either you can come back later. I'll be here for you. Or we can quit. Your, your choice. It's all about choice, Isaac. See, choice is the only thing God has given us that, it, that he, she, it, right, whatever you believe, has not given any other creature in the world. We are the only ones that can stand up and make a choice on who we are and how we behave today and in the future. And most people give that choice away to others. Earlier, you talked about having an attachment to conditioning. When you said that, that's profound. Because many of us, 
when we talk about behavior, we don't even understand the severity of the attachment based on the conditioning of the of our surroundings, learned and taught behavior, and how it really transforms and eludes in our in our belief system. Mm-hmm. So in that in that process that you're talking about, and I'm not just I'm just sitting there thinking, it's like. You know, you, you just talked about not giving no refunds. So you really put the responsibility on the client. Yep. Because in our work, you know, we have clients that always want to put the responsibility of their healing on you. And when it doesn't work, it becomes your fault. So, you go. so I love the idea of you not giving no refunds. I, I, I think that's great. I think that's just just something just powerful. <laughs> well, thank you. And, and again, I learned that the hard way, right? I've learned that the hard way because in my beginning coaching, I had that oh, I'm responsible for this. I've got to do more and I've got to do. And what I found was making me unhappy. And what it did for me was try to it moved me into more of a teacher role. Oh, I'm not giving them the right information or I'm not blah, 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 blah. And so for me, it's being centered on me, who I'm showing up as, my intuition, my ability to feel for the question to come out that's correct for the time. Your responsibility is to accept it or not, either way. And then we explore. So this is where conditioning. The more the more you align with your perfect design, the more conditioning that starts to what I call float up, right? You know, you know, you know the brown trout farm things float to the top, right? And so, right when when we look at that conditioning, it's not good or bad. It's just part of the human experience. So, if I may, can I share a story? You sure can. So, if we think about us growing up, right? There's three phases of childhood, zero to seven, seven to about 15, somewhere in there, and then 15 to the next seven, right? That first seven years is instrumental in who we are in our emotional being. It absolutely instrumental. So for me, I grew up in a very, uh, my stepfather was a Vietnam veteran, undiagnosed PTSD, emotionally, physically, mentally abusive. My mother was very codependent. I mean, I didn't grow up in a great household. Okay. Um, and I remember a time, and, and again, most of my memories of childhood have been, have not been there. I don't have them. And that's, that's the beauty of the mind is it protects us from trauma by having us not remember the memories. The issue with that is the trauma is still in our, other than conscious mind as emotion, as a chemical imprint. It's like that unconscious part of you um, yes. kind of kicks yes. in when when something doesn't align with what you believe or Bingo. you get into a situation where um, somebody don't fit what you believe and then you go back into that infantile state as, as a child between those early you know, transitional years. And it took me a long time to really understand that. It's like if, you know, as a kid, asks his mother or his father for a cookie and his mother or father tells him, you're going to have to wait to dinner. And, you know, he goes into this, this fit. Most adults, when we're transitioning and we're really trying to find out who we are, 
we have a very difficult time with rejection and mm-hmm. opening up our minds to the fact that a no can be purposeful in teaching us, right, some of the heartaches and the perils of what the world may bring to us. So when we become an adult and our belief system is all over the place and we and we entangle these learned and taught behaviors and things don't go their way, the first thing we do is go back into our infantile state. So when you said from zero to seven, that was amazing. I just I just was just thinking about that. That's that's amazing. Yeah, Isaac, you're spot on. So when I was somewhere in that age, the timeline still for me are not clear. But I can kind of remember when, right? And it's the memory that's come back, is trying to break up a fight between my stepfather and my mother. And, you know, they were ugly. I mean, breaking glass and throwing shit and just, I mean, just ugly. And I felt the responsibility to break them, break that up. And he picked me up, threw me across the room, landed in the corner, and he stood over me yelling at me and and telling me, why do I keep doing what I'm doing? Because I'll never make a difference. Now, as a seven-year-old, six-year-old, eight-year-old, someone there, we don't have the intellectual faculty of reasoning. So do we sit there and go, huh? Wow, I wonder, I wonder if he's right about that. I, you know, let me think about it. Do I, we don't have that. We make up a story, we put an attachment to it, and then that's what then we build our life around. Now, I don't know if you caught the first part, but I spent 30 years in the fire service doing what? Rescuing people. And I loved it, right? I love my career. But subconsciously, I think I joined that because I was to prove that I can make a Freaking difference. <laughs> you know, sometimes yeah. we get into careers unconsciously for mm-hmm. a variety of different reasons. And it takes us to go through that that process. Like you just said, you love to be in a firefighter. And I and I want to just salute you and thank you for your service. Because mm-hmm. we, you know, we need you. However, in that process, you realize that you got into that feel based on something that was transmitted to you by your father at seven years old. Yeah. And that's what happens is it's usually an emotional impact from an authority figure or both. And then we make up a story and then we live that story. And it's usually to try to fit in. But we're not designed, Isaac, we're not designed. God created us unique, perfect, whole in every way, not to fit in, but to stand out. Say that again. Okay. God has created us perfect, whole, complete, resource for everything in which we were designed, purpose. We're not designed to fit in. We're designed to stand out in our uniqueness. That's human design. That's what I allow. What I bring forward is your, and your design is absolutely different than you can be born at the same time, the same place, at the same date, and your design can be just a little different because you're not born at the same time. Maybe you're a minute or five minutes or whatever different from your brother or sister or somebody else. And that's that's what human design is. It takes your date of birth time of birth and location and it creates basically your map your human design your perfection 
Wow. <laughs> you know we can you know we can do this all night. I know. I, I got it, brother. And I'm most definitely I got to have you. We gotta do a part two. Okay. I'm because, I'm up for that. Because this is deep. You know, well, yeah, you can go down the rabbit hole. Trust me, because I I I just did a session this morning with somebody and it was the top of the I mean top of the freaking waves. And she's just looking at me like, you know, I was like, well, how do you know me so well? It's like, <laughs> it's, your design. it's nothing more than the mechanics of you. The question is, is that behavior that you're exhibiting effective for the life you were designed to live? And as you know, and as I know many times, the behavior that we display is not effective. It's not nope. even designed for the nope. person or the life that we need to live. And it goes back to us being attached to the conditioning yep. of our lifestyle, our surroundings, along with interpreting that learned and taught behavior as a positive influence in our life. Mm -hmm. And many times it's not. Because the things that we learn from our peers and what we see and what we hear, oftentimes it's it's it comes with a negative connotation, like you know. Well, and, and here's the thing, Isaac, and this is the piece for me that was really freeing. And it's happened in stages that took me out of victim mode, right? It was all about my life would have been better if. Right? If if he hadn't been like that, if I knew my real father, if blah, 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 blah. When in reality, I met my real father and, and the other piece of this condition and, you know, a thing called epigenics is starting to prove this is we actually inherit conditioning from our generations before us. So for me, one of the things through my journey of this has been realizing that guilt has been one of my driving forces, like just the emotion of guilt. But what I realized in doing some work with some others is that that was inherited. It wasn't mine. It was my father's. Wow. But I didn't know that, right? It just, it was an emotion of that. And that's what I do with folks is, um, is take the story, look at the attachment and you can detach. But here's what happens with many, uh, many processes is once you detach that, uh, that emotion, that story, that, that attachment, you have to fill it with something else because we're not designed to be empty. And if you don't do this, and this is where I think you run into this, is the old familiar seeds of recognition, blah, 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 come sliding back in and I go back and repeat the behavior. Those different levels of validation, feeling yeah. like we need to fit in, feeling like yeah. we need to be a part of, and you know yeah. what happens with that, just based on my own personal experience, is that once once um, the excitement or the aviance of the situation dies, then we go looking for something else. And then after Ooh. that dies, we go looking for something else. And Ooh, what, happens, what happens in that process is that we lose ourselves. We never go back to refine ourselves. Mm -hmm. and, and many times like myself and like yourself when we get to a place of 
working on healing, getting to that and processing that, we find ourselves having to go back to a place that we really have to look at and process in order to get to that place where we can be comfortable and really look at ourselves in the mirror and begin to heal. And for you and you and I, we have similar stories. We have to really go back into our childhood. And we have to look at that attachment. And those situations that has happened in our childhood. And we have to really look at them in our face. Because a lot of times for me, like we take situations and we stuff them in our, in our gut. And they fester. And they fester for years. Mm-hmm. They fester. And then we get into all these different types of relationships. We 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 turn our we turn our our fear and our hurt. We flip it. We become workaholics. We mm-hmm. become non communicators. Or we become communicators that don't know how to communicate. <laughs> uh-huh. Right? Yeah. And, and then, you know, we had we had, you know, we're not even talking about the sexual part of or or men and women use sex and think sex is love. Yes. When it's when it's only really compounding the, the real true issue that we're not dealing with. I've been there, so I know what that feels like, so I can talk about it a little bit. So man, this yeah, we yeah. Yeah, Robert. <laughs> I'm well, gonna, let I'm me gonna, go ahead. We, uh, yeah, I'm gonna lead out right there because we most definitely got to do a part two, man. We got okay. to, yes, we have. Well, let to me do share it. a story if we have a time, and this may help you, right? Is I mean, I've got one of my one of my first clients is um, she was a very successful entrepreneur. I mean, she could start a business and it would boom. It would get to a certain point, and the business would fail. So she'd go back to school. Oh, I need to know accounting or I need to know marketing, right? Right. All that. She'd start a business and it. So she came to me as a business coach because that's part of what I do is I work with entrepreneurs and businesses, right? To vision, values, all kinds of different stuff. And as we're talking, she just said, well, you know, I just, I don't want to be like one of those. And I was like, huh? That's what I call, you know, pull the string. Let me, let me pull the string on that one and see where it goes, right? So she was able to relay a story when she was six, five, six years old. Her parents got divorced, but her father was very well off in the community, you know, and he would still take them to events to show more or less proof that he was still supporting them. And she was able to bring back a memory, which had been hidden. She was able to bring back a memory of sitting at one of these events with her mom in the corner, isolated, and her mom leaning over and going, you know, dear you don't want to be like one of those. Now that seed was planted. She didn't know what it means. She didn't take it on. It just was planted. So when she got to be an adult, there was this desire to be successful. There was this desire to create businesses. She had the skills, not ability. But when her business would hit an income level where she would, quote, the, be one of those, it, she'd pull the plug. But she wouldn't do it purposely. This is the piece about attachment. It's typically a four, five, six-year-old is running our lives at 30, 40, 50, and 60. 
You heard yeah. it here first. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say on that one. <laughs> Thank you, Isaac. Robert, I really, really appreciate you. I had a great time with you this evening. Mm. And most definitely, we got to do this again. I'm talking about soon. Okay. Very soon. So well, maybe tell us. Maybe the next time we'll create your design and we'll just kind of look at that. How's that sound? You know what? I'm with that. I'm for that. We could okay. do that. Most definitely. Okay. We most definitely can do that. Perfect. So how can I guess reach out and get in contact with you. Yeah. So um, my website is www.focuspointsolution, singular, solution.com, focuspointsolution.com, or they can email me at robert at focuspointsolution.com, and we can create a design. We can look at options. Yeah. That's how. Yeah. Once again, you heard it first. Robert, you could have been anywhere in the world today, man. You could have been doing anything else, but you decided to come by and hang out with me at the den, man. I most definitely really appreciate you. Just want you mm -hmm. to know that. And if nobody told you that they love you today, Robert, I love you. Mm, brother, I receive that. I love you too. Most mm. definitely. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Robert Kitridge. And with that, stay safe. Be healthy and stay free. And that's the den. Peace. <laughs>